Well, as I said, a, a portion of our offering goes to local and global missions, and we have a, uh, a special gift this morning. One of our international missions partners, John and Bev Adkins, are here this morning, and they're going to come up and share a little update about the work uh, that they're doing with the Lord down in Roatan, Honduras. Have at it. I'll sit down and pretty much shut up. Pretty much. Happy New Year, everyone. So um, I am John. This is my wonderful wife, Beverly. And we are your missionaries to Roatan, Honduras. So, all right, you're going to have a seat. So, so uh, again, I see a lot of new faces out here. Uh, so, again, uh, Beverly and I moved to uh, Roatan, Honduras back in November of 2018. So we've been there three years now, and uh, it's been amazing. And let me say this, just before coming up, I checked, and it's 25 here, and it's 82 in Roatan right now. So, you know, a 50-degree difference is, I'm feeling it, okay? I mean, it's cold here. Um, but we're surviving, you know, here to see our uh, kids and grandkids, so that's fun. Um, but we, you know, you, you wonder sometimes, how in the world did we end up there? And it was not just, you know, one day we woke up and decided to move out of the country, leave our, our family. But we started with uh, actually a ministry in Broad Ripple here that we went each week and uh, fed the, um, the homeless there, homeless young men and women. And so it was a start. It was just a step, stepping out. And that's one thing I want to encourage you with uh, here is that find you a place. You, you don't have to, you know, be uh, a foreign missionary and take off to another country uh, as we've done. But just stepping out in your community and doing something. I encourage you to do that. And, uh, and for us also, one thing that, that helped us in making that decision was, uh, actually it was Jane Gooder, uh, as Bev and I were trying to decide if we were going or not, is she said, you know, just have you thought about just doing it, making a short-term commitment, you know, which was a two-year commitment for us. And, uh, you know, that was something that we could get behind and say, okay. And so, and so we've done that, and now we're going to our fourth year. Uh, that's how the Lord works on those commitments. But I encourage you to just, you know, even if your commitment's just, you know, I'm, I'm going to try this for a year, you know, and, again, get involved with the uh, food pantry here or, you know, some other ministry. But I really encourage you to step out. I think the Lord has a place for all of us to serve here. And... Uh, the other thing I want to do is encourage you to, uh, we'd love for you to follow along with us on our journey um, in Roatan. You can do that by receiving our newsletter, and you can get our newsletter if you're not already receiving it by, you can go out to our website. Um, our ministry is called Mission Revive, and our website is www.missionrevive.com. So if you go out there and go to the contact uh, portion of it, you can put in your uh, email address and so forth and just put a note in there saying you know I'd like to receive your newsletter so our newsletters uh, in those we try to share you know what God is doing there on the island uh, the island has been really hit hard with the COVID as far as uh, tourism's the number one industry there and so we went from having probably close to 120 ships a month to zero 
just you know almost overnight and so in need that are that are actually hungry you know and needing this stuff and also baby bags for young mothers and that's been a real blessing so uh please you know you can be a part of what we're doing uh all those that that pray for us and support us and get our newsletters i mean we see you as part of our team and we want you to be that so we try to share what god's doing and there's also, you know, a little humor that we put in there. So those don't know, like I took my wife accident to a nude beach for our 40th <laughs> wedding anniversary. <laughs> was not my plan, was not the way I meant for it to go. Uh, so uh, any, you know, please going to help me, please, right? I need the help. I need the help. So God has just really blessed in uh, us there uh, a short-term missions trip uh, that the church will do. We want to plug that. And uh, again, COVID had shut that down. We were, you know, there was teams that came from here. And so we hope to see that happen in the, in the future also. So, so hopefully see your wonderful face there in the near future. And uh, also, I know some people go on uh, cruises in the Caribbean. And a lot of those cruises stop in Roatan. So if you go on one of those and you see that's one of your stops, get in contact with us. We'd love to give you a little personal tour of the island, spend some time with you. That would be so, so fun for us. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. And appreciate, again, your prayer and support. Bev, you want to come up? This is a, oh, grabby, grabby. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's a, a check. That's um, over $500 given by us in our uh, Christmas Eve service that we designated all to you. So you can clap for that. Let's uh, pray for John and Bev. God, thank you for this very special couple. Thank you for the family that they represent. Thank you, God, that they represent our family in Roatan for your calling, your empowerment, your protection, your love, and the, the way that Jesus speaks and acts and lives and loves through them. We ask that you use this uh, gift to bless many, many people through their ministry with food. We ask God that you send them back to their new homeland um, with the love and the power of God emanating from them. God, would you direct their hearts into the Father's love and the perseverance of Jesus. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. All right. So two other um, quick sort of personal family notes in the church here. One, uh, so the kids are in for the whole service um, today, and I just want to let you know if you're a uh, a kid, or probably more important, uh, the parent of a kid, we love you all. Don't worry. If there's a little noise, we can handle it. If, Amen, <laughs> said the children's pastor. Um, if you do need to, to amble a little bit, there's some space back there. You can go out and come back in at your leisure. That's perfectly fine. One other thing I want to note, um, we've been talking about a prayer conference, Everyone Gets to Pray, was scheduled for January. We have postponed that. We'll be doing that probably now third week of March, uh, 1819. Haven't landed on that date, but we needed to postpone that. Just want to let you know about that. We will, uh, if you watch Adam's email and then the rest of promotion in the church, you'll know when that's coming, at, at least till March. But I'm excited about what God wants to do there. All right. 
Okay, um, Mike. Um, l- <laughs> let the record show he said yes, I guess. Okay, would you step out of your aisle and come down this front and then walk across, <laughs> across the front here? I want everyone to watch him. Come on. And if you wouldn't mind, just thanks. Everybody having fun? Just keep watching him. Okay, you can sit down. Thanks. Appreciate that. Okay. Was that a little awkward? Would it be easier if I asked everyone to move? Why don't you stand up? Just everyone stand, and I'd, uh, I'd like to ask you to just take two steps in some direction and sit in another seat. Just two steps. If you want to do the mic thing, you can, you can make the trek all the way across, but I, I need you to find yourself in a different place. Two steps, different place, two steps. Thank you. Mike, if you want... You can go back to where you started. All right. All right. Now, I'm going to guess that you probably think that was a little bit childish. It's like, you know, first day in fourth grade or something. The Lord said, unless we become like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because when God speaks, I'm not playing the role of God. It's an example. But when God speaks and says, stand up and move, what do you do? You stand up and move. And it it was awkward for Mike because Mike had to go on very little information. Um, We did not talk about this before, and I have not had a huge number of conversations with Mike in my life. I had a tiny feeling he might trust me. He got up and he's like, oh my gosh, Randy has flipped his lid in the new year. But when we all did it, there was something different. It was still uncomfortable. Parents with kids, like you just got yourself settled, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to kill him, right? (laughs) But when we all did it together, there was a little bit more comfort. We feel like um, as staff and leadership in the church, God's given us some words, some instruction for the near year. And a part of that instruction is literally this. It's time to get up and get going. When we were on a um, retreat last October, I'm just going to tell you what God showed me. I saw this picture, and it was a man on a couch. He looked a lot like me. (laughs) And I could just see him there laying there, kind of heavy-like. And I just heard the Lord say, get up, beloved. in, in In our context right here this year, stand up. It's time to move. It's a time for faith to take action and just do what God's called us to do. It's a call to action, not reaction. It's a call to action, a response of faithfulness to the faithful words of a faithful God. That's what God's initiating us. God has said, stand up and let's get going. It's time to move. We're called to do God's will. We're going to start with the biggie this morning, Noah. Let me pray. God, thank you um, for this, your people. I'm just someone. And she just turned to me and she said, what a lovely family we have. And this Indy Vineyard Church is our family. Thank you, God, for it. To do what you've called us to do. 
probably know the story of Noah, and uh, be honest, if you don't know the story of Noah, no Bible as your parting gift. Sort of take that for granted that you understand the, the Noah and the ark story. Genesis chapter 5. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah, and he said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands, caused by the Lord, by the ground that the Lord has cursed. So Noah comes about 10 generations after Adam, all right? A lot of stuff has already happened in the first five chapters of the Bible. And at this point, things on the earth have gotten, let's just say, a little dicey. To be specific, Genesis chapter 6. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Then the Lord regretted that he'd made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Yikes. (laughs) It is not looking good. Praise God he made a promise he won't do that again. Next time the Lord comes with that type of power, he comes to reign and to put all things to right, and to redeem all of humanity. That's the good news. But right now, Genesis chapter 6, we're in some bad news. It's, it's not looking good for the world. Fortunately, right here in Genesis 6, there's a but. Fortunately, there's a but. But, January, uh, January, Genesis chapter 6, January 6th. I'm not saying anything, I don't know. Genesis Six. Everyone will take that however they want to take that, I suppose. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. So I just want to take a couple minutes this morning, and together I want us to learn a few things from the faithful life of Noah. Genesis 6, it says, but Noah had found favor in the eyes of the Lord. If you were here Christmas Eve, I spoke from Luke chapter 2, and I I kind of emphasized the way that, uh, where the angel said to Mary, you found favor with God. That word is grace. That the angel was saying to Mary, hey, this is going to get a little dicey. It's going to get tricky. It's It's not going to be easy, but guess what? You have found favor with God. You live in grace. And as I said that night, grace apparently displaces fear. Grace displaces fear. And so it says that Noah had found favor with God. It also says in the Bible, Noah was righteous and blameless. Righteous meaning he was right before God. God looked at him and didn't hold anything against him. And he was blameless in his pursuit of God in the world. So men and women who looked at Noah didn't see anything bad. Didn't mean, doesn't mean they liked everything they saw or they agreed with him or didn't think he was a kook. But it does say that he was blameless in the sight of men and women. So he walked in the world without any issues or problems, you know, before God and others. So you're saying right now, oh, Noah, great, sheesh. So he's got favor with God, he's righteous, he's blameless. Uh, how does that relate to me? Because I don't feel 
like I'm living in grace. I don't feel that. Will you, will you let God speak into that? What side of the cross do we live on? Noah lived before the cross. Now, everything he did in faith, he did in faith, not recognizing the cross was coming and would bring him redemption. He didn't know that. We know it. We've seen it. We're on the other side of the cross. We're on the resurrection side of the cross. We're on the side of the cross where we can look back to it and said, from that, say, from that place, from that cross, that blood that went down, that redeemed me. And now, guess what? We have found favor with God. If you are in Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, asked him to forgive your sin, that his blood would cover your sin, that his resurrection power would come in and redeem you, your life from the pit, that you might live now for eternity, then guess what? You are righteous. You just have to trust me on this one, is what the Bible says. You are righteous. 2 Corinthians 5, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. No matter where your thoughts have been, where your body has been, what you have done, and I'm not saying it's no big deal, I'm just saying no matter what it is, if you are in Christ, you are righteous this morning before God. You are a righteous man. You are a righteous woman. You are a righteous child. And you're blameless. Colossians 1.22, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ. As a result, he's brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Paul is not talking about the other side of this life. Real sin. And he looks at them. That's truth. Different than Noah. We are no different than Noah. We start at the same point. Grace poured out a perk in the whole deal. What Noah did, he did from grace in faith. What we do on this earth with our lives, what we do, we do from grace in faith. Just like Noah. John Wimber used to say, all is grace. Grace reigns. Grace reigns. Faith connects you to grace. And you know what faith does? Just read the rest of the New Testament. We're going to go through some of it this, in the rest of this year. Grace, grace, faith stands up. Faith moves. Faith acts. Faith obeys. From grace, in faith, we move, we stand, we act, we obey. We love God in the world before us. So what did Noah do specifically from grace in faith? Genesis 6, 14. God says to Noah, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how long, this is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high, and ahead, you know, and all that. If you want to see the ark, it's in Kentucky, apparently. <laughs> Thought it was Ararat. Apparently, it's Kentucky. Actually, I hear it's really cool. It is. <laughs> so, move ahead a few verses and, you know, the mechanics of the ark, interesting for some, fine, awesome. Here's the verse that strikes me about Noah. Genesis 6, 6, 22. Noah did everything. Noah did everything. 
Noah did everything just as God commanded him. He did everything. From grace in faith, Noah did everything that God asked him to do. Guess what? It was a little different. It was a little awkward, Mike. It was a little awkward. It was time-consuming. He built an ark. It was private. God spoke only to him, except for the part where it was very, very public. You don't build an ark that size in your garage. And if you're Noah, you don't have a garage. And the only response that Noah, think about this, the only response that Noah could possibly have if someone came up to him and said, why are you doing this? All he could possibly say would be, God told me to. The Lord said to do it. And apparently, that was all the motivation that Noah required. The commandment of God. Noah had favor with God. He was righteousness and he and, and he was righteous and he was blameless and so he obeyed God. Of course Noah would do what God told him to do. And he did it with God, right? I mean, we don't hear a lot about God in the we hear about him in the beginning, go build the ark and then there's this long thing and he builds the ark and then what's the last thing anyone know? Who shut the door? God shut the door. It's like God said, we're starting this, now go for a long time, but from grace, in faith, do everything I say, and then at the end, just so that Noah would know it was God, bam, the door shuts, and it's the Lord God who does it. What Noah did with God, he did for the good of man. What Noah did with God, he did for the good of man. He did it in obedience to God, but Noah's obedience saved the race. Human and animal, right? He, 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 he saved the race. We're here because of him. Why did he do it? One sentence, I think, gives the answer. Genesis 6, 9, just these four words, Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. In some translations, it says Noah walked faithfully with God. It's like the translators want to make sure we get it, like he did it all the time. It doesn't say that in the Hebrew. It just says Noah walked with God. The, the figure is everywhere Noah walked, he walked with God. There wasn't anything that Noah did without God. There wasn't any thought he had without God, no action he took without God. He was righteous. He was blameless. And he walked with God. Everything Noah did, he did with God. I think that's why he walked out as a righteous and blameless person. Because guess what? We all walk with God. He's here. He's present. From grace in faith, Noah walked with God. Grace allowed him to walk day by day. And here's, here's where I, I, I just want you to to rest for a couple of minutes. The way I think of this, Noah walking with God, his righteousness, his blamelessness, doing everything that God told him to do, I think Noah had built a secret history with God. 
Noah had a secret history with God. This is not the first time that Noah heard the Lord speak. We know that because it says Noah walked with God. How else could he be righteous? How else could he be blameless? He walked with God. He built a secret history with God. We, we look on the outside and say, man, from nothing to I'll build an ark and look like a whack job. No, he built a secret history with God because he walked with God day after day. I guess a question for us is, are we building a secret history with God? This is a good question for the new year. Are you building a secret history with God? Are you putting the time in? Not to earn something, but just being with God, building that history of his words to you, your words to him, the way that God speaks. Are you building a secret history with the Most High? Do you walk with God every day? Please don't hear condemnation. Hear an invitation into a whole new way of walking in the world with God. Are you walking with God? What does it look like? Where do you meet God on a daily basis? What's involved in those times when you're intently before God? You walk with him everywhere. He's always with you. But what about those times when it's just the two of you? What does it look like? Where do you meet him? What's a part of that time? How do you hear God's voice? How do you communicate your heart to God? What impact does you walking with God have on your walk and your work in the world? Took me a long time to get that one down. Waskily wabbits. Just need to know you're all alive. What impact does you walking with God have on you walking and working in the world? What's it look like? With, for Noah, it looked different. What are you building with God for the sake of the world right now? I love what John said. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go take an island for Jesus. That happened to be the word that God gave to Bev sitting in that chair five years ago. Take an island for Jesus. We're not all take an island for Jesus people, right? Maybe we are, I don't know. But what are you building with God for the sake of the world right now? Are you building a community? Are you building a family? Are you building a witness? Are you building a workplace that honors God? Are you building a small group? Are you building an outreach? Are you building a place for justice and mercy to be shown? Are you building an educational place for people to learn? Are you building a place of love? Are you building a place of mercy? What has God told you to do? You're righteous, good. You're blameless, good. Will you walk with God? Will you do what you're told completely? Might as well raise the bar first of the year and go after it, right? <laughs> By the way, if we could just peek into last year for a moment, is there anything that the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, told you to do and you've not yet done it? 20 seconds here. Is there anything that God's told you to do last year and you know that you know that you know God told you to do it 
and you've not done it. Your first step walking with God in 2022 is to do it. Don't wait another day. In fact, don't wait another minute. If you know what that is and it's outside this room, leave the room. Go do it. Don't wait around for a new word from God if you've not responded to the last word he gave you. Again, I don't mean that as condemnation. I just mean that's reality. God's a loving father. He doesn't stack up commands and say, which one do you want to do? He leads us. He guides us. It's real hard for us to, him to, to tell us to take this step if we haven't taken this step. If you got this step, take it. Guess what? He, he'll give you the next one. I just read this morning, Isaiah 42, 16. Um, the Lord says, he, I will lead the blind by paths that they do not know. That felt like the last two years for me. <laughs> God, I'm blind again. Don't worry. I'll lead you by a path you don't know. What's my part? Just keep walking. Can I see? No. Can I hear the Lord? Yes. So what do I do? I walk. No matter how big or how small, do the thing the Lord asks you to do. Will you walk with God this year? You don't have to run with God this year. You don't have to win the race with God this year. You don't, I'm not asking you to maximize or leverage every relationship in every minute. There might be a time for a message like that. This is not that. This is just stand up. Hear the word of the Lord. Own your righteous place in Jesus. Own your blameless holiness before the face of God. Hear the word of the Lord and do it. We don't have to make a, a big to-do about it. We don't have to march around and, you know, and shout about it. But do it. And if you don't tell someone what God's told you to do, then you have no human accountability. And you know how that works? Not so much. So tell someone, when the Lord tells you what to do, tell someone and then go do it. Walk with God. From grace in faith will you do God's will with God's power for God's glory. It's time to stand up and to walk with God. I'm, I'm a tad over my time. <laughs> but there's a warning from, from Noah and I, I, can't, I can't leave out the warning. Remember when I said, you know, we, we are just like Noah? Here's the problem. We are just like Noah. So we look. The life of Noah who stood up when God called him. He owned his righteous, blameless life from grace in faith, walked with God, did everything that God told him to do. And then Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. Noah was a man of the soil. You know what that means? He was good with earth. He could grow stuff. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Here's the way I understood this warning. When God gives us gifts, those gifts are meant to serve God, not make us slaves to the gifts. Just be careful that you don't give yourself, that you do give yourself to God and not to your gifts. We, we can, you know, we're going to talk about a lot about gifts this year. It's part of our vision that everyone knows what God's given them, 
to do and to, and to be before God and in the world. That's a part of our vision. But I never want us to get to the point as a church where we focus so much on gifts that we, we, we begin to worship gifts or begin to worship callings. We've got to know it, but we never want that gift to replace the gift giver. So it, it's a warning, I think, from Noah. Don't let your gifts that are meant to be a provision from God allow, uh, don't let them bring you into slavery. Whatever your gift might be, you might have a, a gift of generosity and giving. Give, awesome. Just don't let that be your God. You might have a gift of making money. Awesome, make it. Just don't let that be, become slavery for you. If you have a gift of speaking, speak, but do it as unto the Lord, not for the adulation of man. If you're a servant, serve. I can just hear Barry, Barry Tucker, old family pastor in my mind. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. I think he stole it from Disney. <laughs> Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. Yeah, right. He's like, whatever he said. But here's the point. It's also the definition of codependency, right? So serve. If God calls you to serve, serve. But do it for God. Don't do it to get yourself a title or, a, or a, an accolade, right? I mean, it's all got to be in proportion. Noah had a gift. He could grow vineyards. He made wine. I'll bet it was delicious. He drank too much. And it caused problems for him and his children. Let's not let the gifts that God's given us turn around and become the God instead of the Lord Most High. What you have, your gifts, your resource, your wisdom, your life in God, you have from God. It's a sign of God's favor. It's grace. Don't take your gifts for granted, but don't trust in your gifts for security or salvation. We will trust in the name of the Lord our God only. Don't let your gift or your passion replace the place of the passionate and jealous gift giver. First and foremost, we walk with God. Then we build with God for the sake of the world. If you've done it, <laughs> if you've already let your gifts take first place, don't worry about it, just repent. My, life, my wife loves to say that to me. You got a problem? No problem, just repent. And 102% of the time, she's right. I wasn't thinking right, just repent. God, I, I let so many things get in the way of, of standing up and moving, just repent. God, you told me to do that January the 3rd last year and I didn't do it. Just repent and then do it. Grace reigns. So in conclusion, how specifically will you build your secret history with God this year? All these questions will be on, in the notes online if you want to uh, look at them later. How will you build your secret history with God this year? Do you have a word or a phrase or a scripture that God's given you to sort of frame the year? I talked about that a few weeks ago. If you don't have a word, a phrase, or a scripture, some way that God would speak to you to sort of frame the year, don't stop praying and reading until you get one. Be tenacious. The Lord wants to speak to you. It just might take a while for you to be quiet. and let sort of the silt of your soul settle on down so that you can see what God's wanting to do. And when you get that word, tell someone. 
Say, this is way, the way God is framing my next year so they can help you to be accountable to that. Will this be a year of walking with God for you? Will this be a year of faithful obedience? Will this be one of those years that you do all that the Lord told you to do? Will this be a year that we walk together as the Indy Vineyard Church from grace in faith? We can do it together privately and publicly, individually and corporately. It's time for us as a church to stand up from grace in faith and to take action. So, Kara, if you would come, if the ministry team could stand up. I, I, I pictured that differently. Stand up. And come forward. <laughs> and if the rest of you could stand up. We're going to worship Jesus. And as we're worshiping with this last chorus, I just want to ask you if God has spoken to you. Maybe it's your word or phrase from, for the year. Maybe it's something that you realize you didn't do last year and God's calling you to it. And you need empowerment. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Then I want you to stand up and take your steps forward and let someone on the ministry team pray for you. If you need to speak to someone else in the church, you need to forgive someone, you need to confront someone, stand up and take those steps today. Do it. God, I ask you now in the name of Jesus, as you have us standing, would you fill us again with the Holy Spirit? I ask that every mind, every heart, every soul, every spirit would come to attention now and hear the voice of the Lord personally, individually. God, speak those words. We, we long to be obedient. We long to know your will. We want to do your will. From a place of grace, God, increase our faith to stand up and walk. In Jesus' name. As we sing, I want any of you who want to come forward, if you just need to do some secret stuff with God, you can kneel in the front or sit on the front row. If you're good where you are, you're good where you are. But don't leave without communicating with God Most High.